This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. 2NURFM 103.7, we're talking travel and it's great to be back thinking about travelling things again, Sally Lucas. Where are we off to today? Hi Jane, welcome back. You seem to have been gone forever. Yes, well it's been lovely. <laughs> Were you travelling? I was indeed, within Australia. I believe we're going offshore though. In we are program. going offshore to start with today, yes. I thought we'd go into the area of Turkey and Greece and talking some different itineraries as we've been doing over the past few months and different ways, I guess, of travelling around these countries that are a little bit different to what we normally do. This is a particularly uh, lovely itinerary called the Asia Minor Explorer doing Turkey and it's through a company called Explore Worldwide and they have the largest travel book ever. I've never seen it. It is, it is thick as. It's, it's They just cover every destination and areas that... Um, we don't get into normally. So they've opened doors, if you like, and got permission to take groups into areas that we've just never been to before. So there's some wonderful itineraries out there today. But some we'll just talk exploring. Oh, sounds. look, absolutely. This is just an opportunity to explore the, um, I guess it's a history-soaked area, you know, Turkey oh, and yes. the Aegean coast and so on. And it, it's it's very mountainous. Um, it's romantic. You've got classical sites like Ephesus and Aphrodisias. And you've got some incredible um, landscapes and seascapes, of course. I mean, it's a beautiful coastline. This particular itinerary stays just at small hotels in more in the smallish towns in the interior. So you're really getting to mix with the locals a bit more than staying in your four-star luxury. So it's a it's a grassroots type tour, you know. But it's still, you know, all very well organised, and you know, you're still getting a good standard of accommodation. Um, the aim of the itinerary is to basically explore some of the best preserved Greek and Roman, uh, Roman sites throughout Turkey. Plenty so if you're interested in history in particular, this would be a, a nice itinerary to do. And many of which are seldom visited, really. They mainly take the more commercial route, most of your itineraries. But they have, you know, spectacular views and spectacular, you know, ruins, etc. So, and also the, the site of itinerary, this is, as I said, it's interested in the down-to-earth life and customs of the Turkish people um, as they are practised today and as they were. So, and you know, even just when you look at, if everyone's ever walked to the travel show and you look at Cappadocia and, you know, some of the incredible scenery in Turkey is quite remarkable and Pamukkale and being able to go, of course, to Gallipoli as well, which is obviously an important thing for Australians to do. And you can also do a, an optional extension and do a hot air balloon trip as well over Cappadocia, which I think would be just absolutely amazing. Um so these, this sort of itinerary, as I said, they depart on a Saturday um, and it's just a land-only tour. I mean, if you just want to fly in and just do this tour or add on to part of, you know, extend and do other things whilst you're there, that's fine. So yeah, a really interesting itinerary of Turkey, really taking you into ancient civilizations um, in the Anatolia area as well. So a well-worth itinerary of Turkey if anyone wants to do it in depth. And if you're wanting to just move across a little to Greece... Um, you can do an Aegean Islands hike, which sounds quite interesting. Now, this is not too stressful for anyone. It's, it's a relaxing eight-day walking tour of the least explored of the Cycladic Islands. So it's going to Tinos. I remember calling in there, actually. had a beautiful church. And um, Andros. Now, the walks are taking you through some lovely old little traditional sleepy villages and rugged landscapes, and they plan to follow, like, trails and, you know, mule paths that date back 
through history that have just been used crisscrossing these islands over centuries. And visiting remains of the archaic past along the way as well. The day hikes are classed as easy to moderate, so, you know, they're not out there to sort of, you know, run you up Everest or something. And as they say, they're designed to stretch the legs but not exhaust them. So the the first of the two islands I said is Tinos, and that's called the Island of the Virgin Mary, and it's quite a spiritual centre of modern Greece. Um, so it is interesting to go there, and they've got lovely, as I said, villages, numerous of those beautiful medieval dovecotes that you see. And once you go through the Greek islands, and I don't know whether you've done this, um, you've done lots of things, Jane, you probably have, but I just used to love the smell of the, of the wildflowers and herbs, that the scented air you get on the Greek islands, you can go... And you can smell the oregano and you can just, the wild oregano, you know, it's just beautiful. And I bumped into a group of children one day as they were walking along and they, they wanted to stop and they'd picked some wildflowers and handed me this little posy of, of wildflowers that they were picking along their excursion, you know. So you can see some wonderful things there as well. And not just that, of course, the food, as we all know, is wonderful as well. Also, Tinos was once thought to be the abode of the legendary god Poseidon. So there you go, a bit of myth or something there. And also, like Ireland, it's thought to be free of snakes. So anyone has a little bit of a snake fear? I can't think what that word is. Do you know what that oh, word is? Phobia, perhaps? Some sort of, ph- but like the, the right word, I don't know, like no. agoraphobia. I don't oh. know it either, but yeah. But anyway. Snakeophobia doesn't sound <laughs> Snakeophobia. <laughs> And then they go across uh, a kilometre straight to the um, fertile island of Andros, which is really um, virtually unspoiled. And it's a very wooded island of valleys and streams and crisscross again by old by paths used by monks and farmers alike for centuries. And both the islands are actually blessed with fine beaches as well. So at the end of a day's walk, there'd be nothing nicer than to have a plunge into the Aegean. So this is a lovely hiking trip. And if you want something more relaxing at the end of all that, again, you can go on a cruise in a vessel called a cake. Now, it's not a cake we eat. It's a C-A-I-Q-U-E. It's a French-type fishing vessel with mast and motor. And I did one of these many moons ago, and they're a wonderful vessel, and you feel that you're really, you know, back in the olden days, if you like. Um, but they're all lovely, beautifully fitted out with your own, you know, toilet and etc but they only take a very small amount of people and this is cruising an island called Evia which is just across from the mainland of it's the nearest large island to mainland Greece but again it's not a touristy island so you're pulling into all these wonderful little bays little villages where no foreigners virtually visit only Greeks go across there so another lovely thing that's a week and the hiking trip was a week as well and you had the 15 day Turkish so some lovely ways of doing that part of the world immersing yourself exactly we're talking travel on to NURFM 103.7 and Sally Lucas, we're heading towards Britain now. Yes, and I thought, Jane, I guess a lot of us have been to England before or Britain, if we want to call it that, but this is mainly England I'm talking about. And if you have, I think a nice way to be able to do it, and we've said this before about Europe, would be to do a wonderful barge cruise. And just take your time to leisurely go through the country, which is probably not something you do the first time you visit. But I think to go back a second time, this is a wonderful way because the waterways, as we said before, were here long before roads, a lot of them. And that's where everything happened. Everything happened on the river, you know, so life 
as it happened, was on the river. And so you're going to some very historic little villages and things as you're going along. So, and I mean, you've got to remember that the Thames, you know, has watched thousands of years of English history unfold along its banks, you know. So you go from the towering Windsor Castle to, you know, the Tower of London and all sorts of things you're going to see that are massive along the way, but you can trace history as well. And this is a luxury hotel barge, which is only takes 11 passengers. It was first launched in 1907 and converted to, um, like, a hotel use, as they call it. Um, it's beautifully presented inside like an English country manor or English country house, and they've got flower-lined sun deck with all pots of lovely flowers on the deck and which you can relax on, and there's a comfortable, elegant saloon, and the cabins are beautifully decorated, So, it, and obviously you're getting very high standard of food as well. So this is something that I think would be just wonderful to do, and you, you go and visit the Astors' former home of Cliveden, um, enchanting medieval riverside village along the way of Hurley and Sonning. Um, you go to Henley's award-winning interactive river and rowing museum. Um, you, you go to an old water mill, um, Christchurch College in Oxford. Um, you know, so there's lots of lovely things happening and they try as they go along, use regional specialties, you know, of, of the food of the area as you're going along. Um, to give you some idea, a salami of guinea fowl with wild mushroom. Mm. Roast lack of lamb with an aubergine puree, sweet potatoes and spinach, etc. So, and they have lovely wine cellars. They have, um, you know, like aged wines on board as well and beautiful cheeses, etc. They're actually offering a discount on this particular vessel at the moment, subject to cabins being available, okay? And you've got a book by the 15th of June, and it's for travel between June, 3 June and 28 October. Now, normally um, a stateroom would cost about roughly $4,000 and up, and they're offering a discount uh, per cabin, not per person, but that's still good, of $1,000, subject to the availability. So it's just a matter of checking if the date you want's available and if you book it before the 15th of June. This is a, a company that does a lot of um, outdoor travel, a lot of barge cruises within Scotland, even in Ireland on the River Shannon. There's, there's trips you can do as well, of course, as the famous Burgundy Bordeaux. You know, you mean the Canal du Midi and, and so on. So they have lots of other areas. It's not just England. But I thought, wouldn't that be a lovely way to have a nice leisurely break in your touring holiday and just, you know, watch the world pass by as you're floating along this wonderful old historic river? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. You'd like the to Thames do that? Is, oh, the Thames is, is fascinating. Yes. yes, it is, isn't it? And as I yeah. said, for a second Lovely or third area. time traveller who's looking to do something a little bit different, it would be a nice way to do it. Mm. I think following a river is, as you say, it's, mm. it's a wonderful way of recreating a bit of history it from is. the past. I mean, it's the lifeblood, mm. you know, usually, or has been the lifeblood and often still is of a country. So, yes, it's a wonderful thing to do, I think. And I, I just love rivers myself. I just think they're fascinating, what you see along the way, in Australia included, you know. Mm. Yes, as long as we've still got them to um, float along, always like the Murray. <laughs> yes, let's hope we have, because I mean, what a wonderful river system, you man! We've got to save that, haven't we? We certainly need it. Yes, absolutely. Um, Jane, I just want to mention briefly too, if anyone hasn't heard of a new airline that's coming to Australia called Etihad Airways. Etihad. Yes, it's one of the United Arab Emirates um, airlines from Abu Dhabi. Now, it's only about an hour and a half up the road, down the road, up the road actually, from Dubai. So it's a it's an airline in a similar region, and it's flying to thirty seven countries already. They're they're in fastest growing airline in the world with the most modern fleet of aircraft in the world. They're only about three or four years old. So all the aircraft are state of the art. 
the pitch between the seats, even in economy, is much better than most other aircraft. Standard of service on board is excellent par none. And it's just opening up another area for you to visit. Like even though you might have known or not known Abu Dhabi was down the road, most people who are going to fly with Emirates would think, oh, yeah, I'll stop and have a, a look at Dubai. But they weren't thinking, oh, I'll go down the road to Abu Dhabi. Um, so what they're doing actually is running a, a complimentary coach service from Abu Dhabi to Dubai, who people who still want to do Dubai. Um, if you've travelled business or first class, it'll be a nice limo. But, you know, so they're really catering to everybody's needs and they understand you might want to visit another area, not just their country. But it's still a little bit of the old-fashioned, if you like, before Dubai has exploded the way it has into a modern metropolis more, even though it's got some old areas still. Abu Dhabi has more of that style if you if you really want to see something like that. And I just think it would be a wonderful thing to do. And actually, I'm hoping I'm going to be doing it in November. Aha, fingers crossed. Year. Fingers crossed. It's on my list of things to do this year. We've actually got friends living in Dubai at the moment. We thought it was a, a wonderful opportunity to go there and, and go to Abu Dhabi as well. So, And they're flying out of Sydney? Yes, they fly out of here about... I started at the end of March. I think it's about three days a week, but they're hopeful by the end of uh, June, I think, to have a daily service subject to government approval. But they're actually increasing their network all the time. They fly on connections on into Europe, you know, fine, even across to the States, and they're actually increasing their network as we speak. Thank you very much, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. we'll be talking travel again next week after the 1 o'clock news on Friday here on 2NURFM 103.7.